Hi FM Tech Talk with Stephen Ambrose. Stephen Ambrose. Good morning and welcome to Tech Talk right here on Hi FM, where we cover all sorts of really interesting and sometimes uh, rather odd tech that you know just touches us all at any point in our lives with all sorts of interesting stuff going on. I mean, last week we were talking about IoT. This week I went to an IoT conference to learn more about what is actually going on around the whole world of IoT. And the interesting thing is, it is actually becoming, the hype seems to be over. Let's put it that way. The practical uses of IoT or whatever you want to call it, stuff connected to the internet is becoming more and more apparent and more and more people are using it, more and more people are dealing with it in their business and it's just fascinating. I mean, for example, yesterday I saw a dock in a box, an entire medical suite in a little teeny, pretty much a briefcase and it can do absolutely everything. But what is clever, it's not so much that it can take your oxygen saturation, your heart rate, your heartbeat, it can do a full ECG, it can do all sorts of interesting tests. But what makes it smart is that it's connected. So wherever you are, pretty much in Africa, anywhere in the world, you can arrive at a clinic that can do all your vital signs and a doctor somewhere, doesn't matter where, can monitor all the stuff and make you know, basic diagnoses, send you off to hospital, tell you to visit the clinic, or just give you two panado, as they do these days. So really, really smart applications for this stuff everywhere. And more and more, if you're not using it, you're probably going to be losing it because your business, your life really does resolve, revolve around being connected, being attached to all these various devices. And, I mean, there's no question that in Africa, mobile is just transforming the way that we work even in South Africa I mean you know I ran out the the house this morning and uh, my wife shouted don't forget your wallet well I didn't but I actually nearly forgot my cell phone which is most unusual but anyway moving on to something that is really cool and something that is not really technology focused but it has a serious little technological edge and it's just so 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 cool this evening, I'm going to the launch of the first official fully-fledged Lego shop in South Africa, and in fact, in the whole of Africa. And it's, it's right in Santon City, right in the center near the food court, and it's going to have the entire range of Lego. And from what I've seen, um, <clears throat> there is a lot of stuff for adults. Now, all of a sudden, a couple of my mates and a lot of people I know all these grown-up people are getting into Lego, and some of the Lego um, pieces are absolutely spectacular. I mean, motor cars, transforming toys, you name it, really complicated and uh, need, need not say pretty expensive Lego toys. So it opens officially on Saturday in Santon City. So if you're in the area, pop in and have a look. There is an experiential center. There's a place where you can try out a whole lot of the little toys. It's just I've been to a couple of Lego stores around the world, and it's just a great, great, great experience. So even if you want to buy just for your kids, your grandkids, or perhaps just because the kid in you wants to go and have a little play with some of the coolest Legos on the market and some of the smartest Lego toys that I've seen. I mean, some of the, the cars that they've got to make are just amazing. Everything works. It's just 
unbelievable the attention to detail and just how cool some of these toys are. And some of them are incredibly complicated. So pop into the new Lego store, which is opening up in Santon this weekend. Uh, I'm going to see what's new uh, tonight at the sort of press launch and the grand opening. It should be really, really interesting. Uh, unfortunately, I'm sure the pricing is going to be pretty interesting as well, but it won't be any different to what's available out there. Lego has been available in South Africa since forever, and at toy shops everywhere. But this is just different because it's the complete Lego experience. As I said, I've been into stores around the world, and they are unbelievably cool. Even for the older people amongst us, it's just wonderful to see all the stuff that you can make, and some of the, the, the toys and that are unbelievably cool and interesting and sometimes just great therapy now just a very interesting thing that came across my desk well well it was in all the newspapers and was everywhere facebook released their results and we've been talking about facebook a lot the last couple of weeks there've been so many privacy problems there've been so many so much in terms of the repercussions around fake news twitter all the social media have woken up to a simple fact that these systems, as good as they were, I mean, the whole sort of utopian vision of social media was to connect the world, to get people to talk to each other, to do good, to share experiences, to, you know, see what's going on in other people's lives, people who've emigrated or live far away from home. And in most cases, it really did work that well, but that way, and it worked really well. I mean, Everybody was on. You could see all sorts of interesting stuff. Sometimes it got a bit much. I mean, some people just never seem to do anything but cool stuff. But that's beside the point. But what actually happened to the whole social media thing is that very, very quickly it was used to arrange revolutions like the Arab Spring. It was used to disseminate information that was perhaps highly controversial, a lot of terrorist stuff. It just became the highway for information for the world. And along with that, rose this massive thing of fake news where they could actually use these massive platforms with massive reach. I mean, billions of people were connecting every day, spending hours at a time on these various uh, platforms and spreading enormous amounts of fake news and um, perhaps stuff that was completely biased and in case, case in point was affecting the American election. Well, all of this stuff has caught up with Facebook this year, unfortunately for them. Their shares plunged nearly 24% yesterday. They lost close to $150 billion in one day, which um, is actually a, another record. Not only do they have the most number of people on their system, they lost the most amount, amount, most amount of money in one day of any share on uh, in the world for that matter. I think the closest was Intel in 2000 who lost, I think, $98 billion due to some sort of scandal. I can't even remember what happened, but that's what they did. So obviously it's having a huge thing. And the reason it did is that what has happened, and it's, it was inevitable, the growth of Facebook has stalled. People are not signing up as quickly as they did. Um, they, well, perhaps there aren't that many people to sign up. And a lot of people, in, in light of all these privacy issues, in light of their information being shared through the Cambridge Analytica story, a ton of people have actually shut down their Facebook accounts. And what uh, the highlight, which is interesting, the one highlight in their results, was Instagram. Instagram 
advertising, Instagram growth has continued apace because it's visual. It's actually very hard in some ways to misuse just pictures with a little bit of a story. A couple of guys I know misuse the hashtags like a lunatic, but that's, a, again, a question for another time. But very simply, Mark Zuckerberg landed up using losing also around about uh, – uh, five or six billion dollars in his net worth. Shame. I cry for him. He's only worth a couple of billion dollars still. But anyway, it's just very interesting to see how revenue has slowed dramatically. Um, Sign-ups have slowed dramatically. And Facebook seemed to be cleaning out a lot. And I think we're going to see a lot of change, a lot of further consolidation in the in the whole social media space because people are rightly so extremely wary of all the nonsense that's going on on social media and you have to be a little bit skeptical i mean as much as i've tried to clean up my timeline and get rid of people who post fake news or repost sensational rubbish um it it pops up it's there all the time and it's certainly certainly not very good for the platform not good for you and not good for me so stay awake stay aware and just don't believe everything you read on facebook and on that note we're going to have a quick break for a few of our sponsors and we'll be back with some more news in the tech world tech talk with stephen ambrose 11 to 12 p.m only on 101.9 ifm well welcome back and again so interesting how these things go round and round in circles we spoke a little bit about how DSTV has been losing customers. DSTV has been lashing out at the online uh, streaming services like Netflix and Amazon Prime and, and many others. And the fact that they own their own is neither here nor there uh, in Showmax. But they've been essentially saying that all these streaming services are causing people to sign off. And in fact, they've lost 140,000 uh, premium subscribers, those are the guys who pay nearly a 1,000 rand a month. That's a lot of money every month that is no longer going to DSTV. And my opinion was that I believe they do an amazing job in terms of sheer breadth and depth of entertainment. It's not cheap, but you choose. But Netflix, who do not actually physically have a presence in South Africa, they don't have an office, they don't employ people, but what they do do is they've definitely got a PR and marketing presence in South Africa, and I get information from them every single week. And what else they have is that they are definitely, they've appointed an African um, sort of AR person, someone who goes out there and finds product to make and they are spending in the region of 13 billion dollars in 2018 on new product new programming new stuff and in fact they are using and doing it in south africa as well as many many other territories around the world so they may not be investing directly into infrastructure and offices and bee as uh, multi-choice said and they may not be paying taxes though i do believe they actually I think SARS and the boys are chasing them. I think they are contributing something somewhere along the line. But they're definitely investing in the film industry in South Africa. And just to create some havoc, unless you've been living under a rock, if you follow DSTV on Twitter, it's at – not DSTV on Twitter, Netflix on Twitter. It's at Netflix SA. Um, go and have a look what they did with Mr. Donovan Goliath, a local comedian. Uh, they – came up with a little skit called Man in the Van. And basically what – it's a pity this is the radio and I can't show you this little YouTube video, but it is exceedingly funny. Basically, 
they were poking huge fun without mentioning multi-choice about the whole installation issue. I actually think the installation thing is quite cool because you don't have to set anything up. But just to make sure that everyone knew that there was no setup involved with DSTV, they got Donovan Goliath to go out with a man in the van and go and do a a Netflix installation at a various bunch of people's houses. And the nonsense he came up with with running around with scanners for Wi-Fi and and making a cell phone work wirelessly, which guess what? Cell phones do work wirelessly. It was just the coolest coolest skit and it was so tongue-in-cheek and it ended off with a big netflix logo no installation uh, required so the war is on netflix uh, dstv need to be a little careful you know they're picking a fight with a huge huge global company one that they actually deal with because they a lot of netflix uh, content gets shown on DSTV. So they've picked a little war with these guys and they've responded in the coolest, coolest way. So go online, just look for the um, man in the van video and uh, check it out. It's absolutely hilarious and it just goes to show that uh, they've got a little sense of humor and they are spending money in South Africa. They are contributing to our economy and they definitely are doing good things. And I expect from what I've seen, they're going to be more and more local production because we do have a decent movie industry here. We do have quite a, a lot of talent in terms of actors and the infrastructure around making videos. Uh, they made one of Rome or one of the one of their series was made in Cape Town, DSTV series. I think it was called Rome, um, and the whole thing was shot here. So that brings enormous money and benefit to the economy, and then that gets shown all over the world, which creates certainly does create a, a, a big industry. And there's no question that DSTV cannot, at this point in time, match the sort of money that DS, that Netflix can throw at creating original and local content. So good on Netflix. And you know what they say, competition is great. So the more that they poke at DSTV, the more DSTV is going to react and perhaps improve their, their product or whatever it is. Um, it's certainly not bad for everybody. Now, another, the last thing I want to just chat about in terms of news before we switch to uh, my recording, and it's just a, a replay of a, of, a, of a really interesting recording. And the reason why I brought it back is that Dell EMC are a company that is doing a huge amount of stuff in South Africa. They're not just, you're not just people who sell laptops and servers and, and tech. They're doing a lot of work with schools. They're doing a lot of work within the whole digital space. I just thought it'd be really interesting to hear again from Doug Woolley, who's the uh, Africa or South African uh, managing director. And he can, you know, he just explains what we, what they're up to, where they're going, and what all the latest from Dell is. But before we get to that, um, as I said, our dear friends at uh, in the EU, and they're having a lot of fun fighting with Donald Trump over tariffs and whatnot. And in fact, Donald Trump had a lot to say about this. Google hit, um, or Google was hit with a five billion U.S. dollar fine for breaking antitrust laws. Now, all that simply means is that um, they essentially were anti-competitive. And what our uh, dear friends in the EU decided to say is that there were three types of illegal restrictions on the use of of Android. And what that meant was that by bundling all their various apps, they they were reducing competition. So, for example, and this would be actually very interesting. Unfortunately, I don't think our SMS lines 
working right now. Yeah, I see, Shay. I heard earlier that we have technical issues in the, in the studio. But I'd really like to know from how many of you who use any form of Android phone, whether you would actually consider spending an extra 20, 30 minutes in the beginning then you get the phone, trying to figure out which web browser you were going to use from a whole host of web, web browsers, which email client you would like to use, or would you prefer to simply pick up the phone, switch it on, everything's there, you use what's available, it all works, it's all fully integrated, and that's pretty much what Google does. And Apple, by the same token, does exactly the same thing. The difference between Apple and Google is very simple. Google does not – well, they do make some phones. We're not, they're not available. The Pixel phones, they're not available in South Africa. But <clears throat> essentially, they were saying they force manufacturers and, in fact, paid manufacturers to use the entire Play Store, which is their app store. Um, and by doing so, they have to install Google Chrome, which is the browser, Gmail, which is the mail client, and a couple of other Google apps as a mandatory part of the whole package. And the EU says that's not fair. Smaller guys can't get in, and it's really highly anti-competitive. But now here's some context. $5 billion is only around about 75 billion rand, which for South Africans and in the context of size of companies in South Africa is absolutely obscene money. But for Google, $5 billion is less than two weeks of their ad revenue. Can you just imagine the scale and size of Google that they can get fined $5 billion and the next week they released their financial results, which were excellent, and it made no difference whatsoever. So in many cases, these type of fines, and the EU's got a long history of slapping fines. They did it to Microsoft. They've done it to a couple of other companies around the whole antitrust uh, sort of competition thing. And it just does shake them up. But what they've also said is that Google has to come up with a solution to this within 90 days or face further fines, which could be as high as up to 10% of their global turnover. So watch the space. I don't think the fight's over. Google's definitely appealing. And I just think that perhaps the whole thing around Google where they are. They've created an ecosystem where tons of people are making money. It's actually very easy to install another browser and delete the existing browser. I just think this this whole thing is a bit of a witch hunt. And as I said, Mr. Donald Trump had a real go at the EU uh, over this because he reckons they're attacking great American companies. But that's a story for a whole nother time. And we're going to take a quick break and then we'll be back with Doug Woolley from Dell EMC. With Stephen Ambrose. So good morning and welcome to Tech Talk Cafe right here on High FM. And with me, not in the studio, but in the, con- in the Santon Convention Center, is Doug Woolley, who's the general manager of Dell EMC South Africa. Now, Dell's a name people know. EMC is not a name that a lot of people know. But the fact is the two of them are one huge technology company. And they are doing something today called the EM, Dell EMC Forum in South Africa. And there are a ton of very geeky-looking dudes running around talking databases and stuff. So tell us, welcome to the show, Doug. And tell us a little bit about the forum, what you, you're looking to achieve, and, and who are you actually talking to here? So thanks, Stephen. Thanks for uh, having us on the show. Um, yeah, the Dell EMC Forum is really our showcase event in South Africa. Uh, we do similar events across the world, and it culminates 
with our biggest event, uh, Dell World, uh, in Las Vegas uh, at the end of uh, April. Um, and I think, yeah, the, the, the key message we're trying to get across is, uh, you know, realize your digital future. That's the underpin of the whole conference. Um, and I think the message we're trying to get out to, you know, people, companies, um, and some of our partnerships is, you know, how do people uh, grab hold of, of this digital uh, world that we're in? You know, everything is moving into applications, mobile phones, uh, automation, um, artificial intel- intelligence. We'll new, get to all these buzzwords a little new later. Big buzzword. But bottom line. But the bottom line is, you know, how do people become part of the new digital economy? Um, and, you know, to show them what type of uh, technologies Dell has uh, to enable them to get onto their journey. So I'd say... That's really, you know, what we're trying to get across. And who who are the people that would attend this type of forum? Of, where do they fit in and how do they influence what goes on so in these technology? Are, this is mostly aimed at, at, at business users, um, you know, so some of the bigger, uh, you know, corporates in South Africa and smaller corporates and all our business partners. Um, so it's not really a consumer show, although we are showcasing some of our consumer products, uh, but it's really aimed at, at businesses and and. and, and Getting them to understand um, how they embrace uh, digital digital change uh, because it's coming, you know, and, and, and your audience would have, you know, heard of companies like the Ubers. Can we just pause? Sorry for that brief interruption and to change, you know, we're in a bit of an open space here. Things get a little bit loud no, no, and busy. But so you were just explaining how the whole business world is changing, and, and you guys are trying to highlight some of that change and show a path into the future using the various technologies. As I was saying earlier, there was a really interesting talk which set the scene of how all the components come together. Correct. But the next thing I'd like to get a sense of and, and just share your, your insights around this, many of us have owned Dell laptops, Dell computers, Dell equipment over the years. Yes. But how is that market changing? I mean, you guys are no, no less involved in the no. hardware things, as they Correct. call it. But how is that changing over the last couple of years? So I think what we're seeing is definitely a move to people being more mobile. Um, I think what we're also seeing in that market is that, uh, you know, people want uh, devices that are easy to use, uh, light, um, and secondly, you know, enable them to work from anywhere. Um, and, you know, that's not just anywhere in South Africa, that's anywhere in the world. Um, so the devices that we're trying to design are to incorporate features like that where you literally, you know, have ease of use, instantaneous startup, uh, very light devices, and you can use them, you know, on a Wi-Fi a connection on an air- aircraft right through to a, you know, a, 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 a coffee shop. So um, is the age of the big, solid, huge tower desktop PC pretty much gone, or do you see there's still a role for There's still a to role play. to play with it, and I think that's more around production workers in, in big organizations, but I think for the man on the street now, it's about being able to be mobile um, and to utilize uh, this device, uh, you know, end-to-end. Um, and hence, again, you know, what we're seeing as well is, is, is a culmination of 
tablets and notebooks integrating into one, and it's one of the bigger uh, growth areas that we've seen in, in fact, South that's Africa. One, that's one area that's still growing. I mean, there's been talk that desktops have, have slowed down, even laptops have slowed down, but the convertible tablet style... Yeah, the two-in-ones are, two-in-ones are taking, ones off, are taking and, off. And, and, and I think it's because it gives people, you know, true mobility, you know, um, if we look at when you know a tablet started, that was the dream that I'd have one device, and we're actually starting to realise that with touch screens, you know, with uh, cameras, with uh, you know a whole host of, of other tech behind it, where you you are getting very close to the one device, um, you know, in terms of of, of your. Productivity so our bags will, will definitely get a bit lighter over much, the next much, couple of years. Much, much lighter. And, and uh, that, I think you'll see that innovation happening. That leads into the next thing. And that's, I think, the key to some of the technologies that I've seen on the floor here. This Internet of Things has been spoken about endlessly by many, many people. And everyone's got a slightly different definition. But Dell and Dell EMC are intimately involved or deeply involved in the whole internet of things the whole cloud environment give us a little sense of what the vision of dell is um, of this going forward and, and and try to just share some of the insights around how it's actually affecting what we do and where south africa is in this so i want to turn it around and actually give you your readers and or your listeners an example um, so we look at discovery uh, as, a, as, a, as a business um, you know, they're already in the Internet of Things. You know, the smart watches that we all meticulously follow to see if we made our 10,000 steps for the Got day, our smoothie that To get week. our smoothie for the yeah. week. That's Internet of Things. And, and all they're trying to do is effectively record what you're doing, build it into their back ends, analyze that data, and then make a prognosis of how they're going to ensure you or run your medical, medical aid uh, or try and get you more healthy. So, you know, there's a, a core example of a South African company using Internet of Things as a, as a business model and actually, you know, propagating that on a world stage. So Dell's very much in, in providing that, that core infrastructure, you know, from uh, devices that will monitor. And it's, you know, very much driven again, uh, you know, at a, at a business level. But, you know, building gateways uh, that will record and then send this data into big um you know, computing rooms so that you can crunch the numbers and build on, uh, you know, people's behaviours and, and, and how they do things. So simply seeing the thing that, wow, you've hit your, uh, your target is, is the end result of a massive, massive chain of technology behind it, correct, yes. Because you've got the watch sensing, sending the info somewhere correct. via your smartphone to somewhere. Yeah. That all gets collected, gets fitted into a business model, and put together, which suddenly gives you a smoothie. It suddenly gives you a smoothie, and it's as you know, it's as the business idea is as basic as that, but the underlying technology is fairly complex, um, and and you know, uh, I think drives a lot of uh, uh, you know data analytics out of it. But obviously, topical at the moment is yep. this whole so-called data misuse. Careful, sure. you've got yep. to be very careful with what right. uh, you say about that, but. It wasn't a breach. There was a massive misuse of data, which was used by massive companies to, get, uh, you know, manipulate, manipulate data on data. people's sure. behalf. I mean, are we going to see more and more of that as the world moves towards the Internet of Things, or is there is there a real challenge because we're all giving data willingly no, to everybody? Really. And I think there is a challenge, and I think you know, it talks to things like security, number one, but then also I think there's a set of values that companies have to prescribe to. And I think with most new technologies, you're going to see 
you know, the pendulum swing, you know, far right and then get back to a, a, a level playing field. And I think, you know, unfortunately, what you find with tech and you see it even with smart cars is that the technology outpaces the regulators uh, and society's values. Um, and, and that's what we're typically seeing now where there are loopholes in, 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 in legislation or in ethics of companies and how they utilize the data. And, and that will come back. And I realize that um, you know, you're more in the making things happen space than regulating the space. But still, the company must have a particular view on privacy and security sure. and, and the way that data is maintained because we are moving into a world where data is, you actually don't know where your data is. 100% right. So yes, I think you, know, you have to have a value system as an, a large organization. And you know, I think as Dell, we've been voted the last five years as one of the top three most ethical companies in the world. So you know, you're going to have to bring values into your business models. Um, and yes, you can get around legislation by you know filling out the consent form on whatever social media platform. But at the at the same time, you've got um, a role to play as a tech company to you know act with integrity. Um, no question. So I, I do question some of the guys and the integrity <laughs> behind it. Absolutely. Um, but I think we all, as an industry, have to you know have a value system that protects data uh, at an ethical level, not just at a regulatory level. And I think you know at Dell. You know, that is probably one of the mantras that we, we try and force. And that was by. quite a segue into a totally different field. Sure. But, I mean, how you mentioned Discovery. We'll come back to the core story here. But you mentioned Discovery. They're one of the few companies that have always been data and technology-driven at their base from day one. But how many South African companies are following that lead and actively changing the way they work in order to embrace this whole, whole so-called digital future? So you'd be surprised. I think, you know, South African company. I mean, we're an innovative uh, nation. I think sometimes we don't, yeah. we don't actually, you know, pat ourselves on the back around that. Um, but we are a nation of entrepreneurs. And we do see, you know, at a local level, you know, South Africa being on a par with Europe. Uh, if I take certain sectors like our banking sector and our, and our financial services industry, uh, we actually thought leaders in a lot of instances. And, you know, I think for your users, they'll probably see in the next six to seven months, especially in the financial services industry, uh, a whole host of new banks entering the market. Um, Absolutely. You know, that are going to bring innovation to a different level um, that we haven't seen anywhere else in the world. So I think, you know, South African companies embrace uh, digital change. They understand that it's part and parcel of, uh, you know, impacting uh, society. And I think it's the one thing that we have on our side is that, you know, by using, um, you know, technology, you can transcend a lot of these uh, uh, digital traditional barriers, traditional barriers uh, in the business. Um, so I think, yeah, you, you, we, we, South Africans are innovative. We're seeing it, and we'll see that firsthand. You know, just by the by virtue of, of new banks. And what is Dell doing to facilitate this? Because that's key. You know, it's one thing to have all these brilliant ideas, sure. but at some point you've got to make them work. 100% right. And I think this is part and parcel of what this forum is all about, is, you know, we're evangelizing a lot of, uh, you know, what is happening out there on, on a global stage. We're showing people the reality today. So this is not something that's happening in the future. So it's not science fiction. This is not these science fiction. This true is not things that are happening right or now. Star Wars. This Beam me up, Scotty. Uh, you exactly. need to work on that technology, I must tell you. Um, New well, York for lunch you know, and London for tea. Well, we, we, Dell is working on uh, virtual reality. We, we're pushing that quite hard, and that's virtually close to that. And, getting there. You know, we're getting there. 
Um, but yes, it, it's, it is um, a scenario where we're trying to show that this is real and we're showcasing it, yeah? Um, and, you know, that innovation from a consumer perspective, unfortunately, has to happen in business because business serve consumers. Correct. Um, so we can get that digital uh, transformation happening in, in, in uh, big business. You know, consumers will see that benefit. And, and it's happening, you know, governments looking at how they uh, digitize their businesses. So I think, yeah, I'm, I'm fairly comfortable with the, uh, uh, the route and the timing of South African companies on this journey. And is there going to be fundamental changes in the way businesses operate and the way consumers interact with businesses going forward because of all this digital stuff? Or do you believe that business is still business? Look, I think business is business is buy and sell. Uh, there's you know, a service it or a is, product absolutely. that I have to get across. But I think what you're seeing is you're getting business and the consumer to be much more uh, uh, tightly coupled and, and, and the interaction is tighter. You know, so you, your consumer has got more access to corporate data and the way they buy things than ever before. You can make informed decisions on the fly. Um, you know, the services that you're getting are instantaneous. So the whole experience is being um, uh, uplifted. And, you know, tons of examples, you know, online shopping, um, you know, uh, uh, you're getting your insurance uh, sorted out. So every industry has been affected by, uh, you know, technology uh, speeding up uh, play so is it or reducing a cost. Speeding, uh, speed thing or are we seeing new services, no, things new that services. you couldn't do well, before? I mean, think about Airbnb. There's a good one. Uber is another one. Um, you know, you look at uh, Discovery's Vitality is a technology platform that they, they started with, a, with, 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 with ideas. So you are getting new services all the time. Um, and, you know, I think it's three things. It's, 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 it's either speeding up existing processes and, and, and making it a, a much more a pleasurable experience for, for consumers. It's either driving down costs, and you would have seen that happening, you know, across the board. And then the third one is innovation and effectively driving new services and products that we wouldn't have thought about five years ago. Or perhaps they wouldn't have been possible five or years ago. Or wouldn't have been possible five years ago. So, you know, very exciting. You know, I always say to my kids, they're probably living in the most exciting time, time ever. Of change. Because it's a sign of change. But, it, but it's just, you know, the innovation is happening at a speed that we just don't understand and comprehend. And generally, you know, in... I'd say in most cases for the improvement of, 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 of human uh, of humanity, of in, humanity general. in general. Yes. Now, moving on to that, because this is a hugely topical sure. thing. We're talking about so-called artificial intelligence or machine intelligence. Yes. And the big tech guys like Elon Musk are warning. And the South la- African boy? Yeah, nice. Yeah, absolutely. And even people, the, late, the, the recently departed... Um, Steve Jobs? Not Steve. No. Well, not Steve Jobs. Um, Gone now completely blank. Our our friend from England. Um, anyway. Oh yes, oh, Hawkins. Yes, Stephen Hawkins. Hawkins. How could I forget that? My name is Stephen. But anyway, um, he warned that AI or true artificial intelligence may well be the biggest danger to humanity in the nearish future. But where we are now, Dell must and is very active in that space with machine learning. And I mean, it's one thing to build the machines to collect the data. It's another thing to use that data. Where are you guys in the whole AI revolution that's coming? So look, we, I think we're trying to push two things. One is virtual reality, which is a form of artificial intelligence because you, you, you're mimicking a, in an environment or a, a role play or something. And then the other one is machine learning, where we're basically trying to get mundane processes out of the, out of the process. <laughs> 
you know, so automating things and making sure that machines do it at a much faster rate. And I always use the example, you know, uh, if you were a blacksmith in the 1900s, uh, you were fixing horseshoes and things like that. And, you know, that industry must have lamented and people were looking at how many people were going to lose their jobs. Well, the advent of the car probably created uh, five times the amount of people. And I think that's the viewpoint I have around AI, is that it's going to free us up away from the mundane into, uh, you know, more greater levels of thinking and innovation. So, and, and, and as jobs die, you'll probably find a factor of four or five throughout, throughout history. history. I don't, but I think there's, there's a more fundamental thing. As, we, as you guys and the tech industry builds these massive databases, as they, as we heard this morning, move the, the technology or the processing out to the edge so your, yes. your smartphone gets smarter, yes. your sensor gets smarter, smarter, and decisions start being made at that level rather than up in a big in a data, data center, sure. that changes the way that things happen. Or rather, in, in some ways, not only the, the way they happen, but the speed in which they sure. happen. And I think that lends itself again to, you know, I can access things quicker, I can get my services quicker, and I can, you know, probably consume quicker and differently. Um, uh, the big thing there is always the privacy. I think that's well, the big debate that everybody gets into. And as I mentioned a little bit earlier, I think we, on the far right of the pendulum, I think it will come back. Um, and it'll settle down it'll to settle something down. that we can deal with. And, and, and as human beings, I think we've got a natural inclination to push back if it goes too far. I think, you know, we've all probably been very naive in the data that we've shared. You know, if I take my first examples of Facebook, you know, I but probably no shared things some of those I should never have shared. University should never have been shared. Exactly. <laughs> um, and, you know, I think that's, that it will evolve. And, it, you know, I think we'll see this and you'll see this. And I think the challenge we've got is that technologies is moving so much quicker than what we used to. But that's us old guys, you know. I think the millennials that are coming through will adopt this much quicker. They understand things very differently to what we do. And they, they are able to move with change much quicker than we do. I think people have become a lot less change-averse than they used to be. I mean, it's hard not to. Correct. Day by day, you don't know what's coming. Sure. So I think, you know, that new set of... Uh, of users, consumers, uh, kids, creators, creators um, will find the happy medium. Um, that's, 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 that's actually a really interesting point. Now, as usual, our time runs out really quickly. Sure. But just give us sort of a big picture sense of where Dell EMC as an organization sees South Africa in the near future with regard to the so-called increasingly digital future. Where do you see us going and how quickly are we going to get there? So, look, I think, you know, we're fully invested in South Africa, um, you know, both as at a business level and at a social level. Um, you know, we're investing more in South Africa from a people perspective. Um, so we are to stay. It's good to hear that, pe- that companies are growing in South Africa. We are growing. Um, and I think the key here is that, you know, we see ourselves as a catalyst to, to drive this digital change. Um, so, you know, I think we've got a... Um, you know, obviously there's a commercial view around this, but there's also, you know, the, the, the philanthropic view to say we see technology changing lives. And we see that through our solar schools that we've got rolled out across the country uh, where we, you know, breaking up that digital divide. We see it through our learners, our, 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 our academy in Johannesburg where we, we're training the next generation of high-performance computing uh, um, analysts. Um, so, you know, I think we invested. We believe this is our, our uh, civil duty, um, you know, both at a social 
and at a, and at a commercial and a technical level, level and at as a technical well. Level, 100%. Brilliant. Well, thanks so much. I'm sure you've got a hundred people all waiting to talk to you at the show. But thanks for taking this time and sharing you, some you, of your Stephen. insights yeah. with us. And we'll be in touch soon because we're watching. We're going to see what you guys are up to in the next little while. Thanks so much. Thanks a lot. Thank you. Tech Talk with Stephen Ambrose, 11 to 12 p.m., only on 101.9 KFM. Oh, welcome back. And as I can see, our clock is ticking, and I've just got the coolest, coolest gadget of the week. But before we get to that, I have a quick little shout-out from one of our sponsors. It's from Frequency Footwear, who are in Melrose Arch, and they're having a massive sale. If you haven't noticed, this is sale month. If you want to experience craftsmanship at a massive discount, you'll be happy to know that Frequency Footwear, and I'm not telling my wife, has just launched their winter sale, offering 50% off on all winter boots, shoes, booties, Frequency shoes import from Spain, Italy, France, Greece, and Portugal, and are well known for their unique style and their magnificent shoes, which are designed for comfort and durability in mind, while their service is personal and attentive. Time to claim your 50% discount. Frequency Shoes are giving away a 3,000 Rand voucher in their store. All you have to do is take a selfie in front of Frequency Shoes in Melrose Arch and send it to info at highfm.com and uh, you might well be the winner of a great pair of shoes through that voucher. So for exclusive style and, and quality, Frequency Footwear in the Galeria Melrose Arch is the place for you. Now moving on to one of my coolest gadgets which I've been playing with in the studio. And a press release came across my desk, and I've been watching this quite a lot over the last little while. Um, virtual reality and augmented reality is is everywhere. It's no longer – I mean, it's cool, and people see it. And in many ways, virtual reality, which completely immerses you in a 360-degree immersive environment that's not, you know, not where you are physically um, – is, is perhaps somewhat limited, but augmented reality for service, for all sorts of interesting um, applications in medicine, engineering, in shopping, you name it, is becoming more and more and more relevant. And Samsung have always been pretty much at the forefront. In fact, their Gear VR was one of the first commercial, inexpensive, and easy-to-use platforms, along with the whole Oculus VR range. Now, Oculus was a company that they partnered with um, in terms of creating virtual reality, one of the first. And this was the first standalone platform that allowed you to clip your cell phone from the Galaxy S6 uh, into a little device, which was a little headset with binoculars, like binocular vision lenses in, and you could experience some of the, 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 the wonder of virtual reality. Well, they've expanded that quite considerably. And this year, they didn't release actually a new VR headset. But the current VR headset, which was released last year, works with both the S7, S8, and Galaxy S7, S8, and S9 phones. And it's actually incredibly good value. It's about 1,200 Rand. That's the cheapest I could find online. All you have to do is go and do a little bit of a Google search. But it's the, the Samsung Galaxy Gear VR. VR4 with the controller, um, and that I've seen for 126754, which is really very, very reasonable for what it is. You have to plug in your, um, S, as I said, S7 to S9, either the standard or the plus, and download a whole host of uh, applications, which I don't recommend you do on wireless, connect to some decent Wi-Fi somewhere, and an incredible world of virtual reality opens up for you. And the good news is that... Um, YouTube have just announced that their 
360 VR channel is now available on the Gear VR. And I've been playing with that for the last two, three days. And it's just unbelievable how real, how amazing, how immersive it is. VR has certain – this particular version of VR, because remember you're dealing with a, um, a cell phone, even though it's got quad 4 HD, very, very high-resolution screen. The resolution is not unbelievably sharp. Apparently, the next generation, which will offer 8K resolution, is just – I've seen it in prototype. is pretty mind-boggling. But the current ones are amazing. And if you're into games and a little bit of wildlife and watching certain videos, there is more and more and more of it available. And in fact, using the VR, the Gear VR 360 video, they've got uh, – Samsung have got the little um, – camera, the 360 camera, and there are others out there. But the 360 camera, along with this whole package, uh, you can do the most amazing things. And I've watched, I mean, YouTube is full of these type of videos, but people just wandering around interesting places, um, watching interesting shows, doing all sorts of things in proper 360-degree VR. Often you see the thumb, which is my biggest challenge with these little portable cameras because someone's got to hold it. But when it's done professionally and it's used in a professional environment, it is actually quite unbelievable what you can share. That It's just a whole another way to look at your holiday pictures, you name it. So if you are a Samsung owner and you've got an S7 all the way up to S9, I think this is just one of the coolest, coolest gadgets. The Gear VR, it comes with a little controller for gaming. It is brilliant. Um, The quality is amazing. And it's just incredibly easy to use once you pass the initial setup. It's in typical Samsung fashion, fashion, they ask you 45 million questions. You have to accept a ton of, of, of different things. But the new VR headset is lighter than before. It's easier to wear for longer periods of time. The quality of the picture is definitely slightly better. And the experience is incredibly immersive. Now with the controller, it actually becomes a lot easier. You don't have to keep tapping the the side of the um, headset, which works quite well. And um, the battery life is pretty good. I mean, I sat and watched a movie in VR, which Netflix can do. There's a Netflix app. So it is just an incredible thing. A good pair of uh, headphones actually helps. You can plug them into the Gear VR headset itself. And then you're completely lost in the 360 world. And it's actually surprisingly, um, even if the movies which I was watching, it's surprisingly good fun. It's really immersive and in fact for younger guys for anyone the the things you can think of to do with your own camera that can take 360 degree pictures and the type of stuff you can upload to youtube it's really a whole new frontier in terms of immersive um work and things so for example one thing that just struck me is estate agents you want to show people homes you want to let people walk through a home you can do that by simply using a 360 degree camera recording a complete walkthrough of a home uploading it to youtube and you you don't even have to visit a home anymore to see it you just pop on a headset with the with the uh, with the gear vr setup and off you go and you can just hear and see and visualize absolutely everything. And look up at the ceiling, look down at the floor, look at the walls, look out the windows. It's just the most amazing, amazing platform. And as I say, it's pretty much available anywhere. It works brilliantly with all the new Samsung Galaxy S, 
phones. There are others from other companies, but this is probably one of the most comprehensive and definitely one of the easiest to use and set up. So I highly recommend if you're even vaguely interested in virtual reality, this is an incredible way for you to get stuck in and to get up to um, you know, get into the whole virtual reality space. And on that note, I've just been waved at again. We have to quickly break for our sponsors. Then I'm back with two amazing apps. One of them is related to virtual reality, and the other one should keep your password safe. I'll be back straight after this. FM Tech Talk with Stephen Ambrose. Stephen Ambrose. Well, hi there, and welcome back. And for the last segment of the show, the absolute app that you have to download on your Samsung phone if you have a Gear VR is the new Google YouTube VR app. It is very simple. Just go to the Play Store, um, download the Google VR app. It'll pop up within the whole Oculus setup, and away you go. It's simple. It's easy. And there is a huge amount. I was Astonished. I hadn't played for a while. I was completely astonished at the range, the breadth, the depth, and the quality of some of the immersive VR content that's available on YouTube. In any event, and certainly um, through this new app, it's brilliant. It just hit the, the App Store. Um, easy to get, easy to use. Obviously, you need a VR headset and a, a whole setup that allows you to use VR. But if you do uh, invest in the... Um, Gear VR setup, it's just a no-brainer. It's so easy to use, and it's the quality is pretty remarkable for what it is. And it's just a great way into a whole new platform. Now, the next uh, thing I've just been told I have to wrap up, unfortunately, um, the last little app that I think highly recommend that anyone use, and that is to save passwords. It's really important that you do not use one password for your entire digital online life. The problem with that is that to have a new password for every single thing you log into and everything wants to be logged into becomes impossible. Well, there is a solution. Now, this is a free solution if you want to just keep your passwords on one device. It's called Dashlane. Go to dashlane.com. It's the one that I personally use. There is another one called One Password. There are quite a few, but this particular one is really, really, really excellent. It's totally free as long as you have it on one device. You can have it on as many devices as you like, but they don't talk to each other. So if you want to then have the full premium product, you've got to pay, I think it's 35 US dollars, which is not so cheap a year. But essentially, it will keep all your passwords. If you get the paid version, it'll sync them across your laptop, all your various phones, and you never need to. And it'll help you auto on Android. It'll help you auto log in to your apps, auto log into your websites. On the desktop, it'll do the same thing. And it's just a brilliant way to save everything, keep everything. It'll even suggest proper, solid 500-word passwords if you want it that way. So if you want to just keep all your passwords organized, I highly recommend an app called Dashlane. So just look for it in the Play Store, in the Android Store, or even online. You can download it for your Windows or your Mac. And on that note, I can see I'm being kicked out of the studio, you know, too sweet as they say. So have a lovely week. It's been great talking tech. Until same place, same time next week, this is Stephen Ambrose for Tech Talk.